All right, welcome to the flower farming track. My name is Allison Lambert. Um, I am originally a fisher. A lot of you guys probably know the, some of the fisher clan, Luke and all of them. Um, those are my cousins, they're my neighbors. We live all on the same little farm. Um, they do produce and then I started doing flowers. I actually went to school um, to be a veterinarian. That's my career, I guess you could say. Um, I do large animals. I did mostly breeding horses for the first like three years out of school. And then I had um, my oldest daughter, she's five now, and I realized that I wanted to be at home more. And I took her with me actually. <laughs> we would set the pack and play up everywhere we went in the barn. Um, but I had a big garden right next to our, our feed mill on our farm. And I had a lot of people that would ask me to pick flowers out of my garden because no surprise, most of my garden was flowers instead of vegetables, much to my dad and husband's dismay. But <laughs> um, so I intentionally planned my first year to have it so that people could come and pick flowers. And I planned it all out. And that's what we did the first year. My second year, um, I wanted to go big and I decided I was going to sell wholesale and I planned for that and that was 2020 and the florists were shut down everyone was shut down so I started going to markets with Luke and Shantae and just selling bouquets um, and I started a CSA delivered all over our little town and then the next year I really expanded into florists and um, my CSA grew to my that next year I had like 40 people which is pretty good for our little town of Bristow which I don't know what the population yeah it was just flowers yep and I would set up with how many of you guys know Luke and Shante I should I'm talking like you should know them but they do a produce CSA and we set up on Thursday evenings in our little town just in the parking lot and people come pick up their produce so they would pick up their flowers at that time too and we would set it up as a market. You could stop and buy things as well. Um, so this is something I work a lot with um, our state, the, um, the agricultural people in our state that do agritourism. And um, I work with about 15 different florists and stuff. So this first class is something I'm kind of passionate about because I also manage our Oklahoma flower farmers group. That's, I don't know if I said that, we're from Oklahoma. And um, it seems like every day I get a new request to join as a flower farmer. And so we really push this starting with the basics. So how many of you already have a farm and you grow flowers and sell flowers? Nobody? Okay, good. That's good. So I'm not like, yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, how many of you grow produce or have like a produce CSA or like, okay, just for yourselves. Okay. Okay. Very good. So um, this is going to be really how I encourage people to start their flower farm. Um, you can do it without breaking the bank. You don't have to start by buying thousands of dollars worth of dahlia tubers. Um, that's something that I, I'll try not get on my soapbox, but it's, you don't have to start. I didn't. I started with sunflowers, like I said, zinnias in my backyard, and you can definitely do it because those are honestly my florist's favorite flowers. So 
um, let's go ahead and get get started here. So uh, to to get started, um, I encourage everyone to take stock of what you have. Do you have land that's already being farmed? Um, is it full sun? Is it shade? Because that will tell you some different flowers that you would grow. <clears throat> um, most flowers, especially to start with, and honestly most flowers, want full sun. So six to eight hours, more on the eight hour end is going to be ideal. Um, and once you kind of pick a spot, getting a soil test is the next big step. You can go through your county agency. A lot of them will do it for free unless you just really want a lot of details, but you can get the basics um, for free. I worked with like about five different counties around us and they're all free. Um, and they'll give you all the supplies and everything. Like I said, that's not gonna give like super detailed, but it'll give you your nitrogen at least. And so you'll kind of, and your big three. Um, whoops, sorry, push. Then take stock of, do you already have seeds? Do you already have a stock of sunflower seeds that you keep thinking about wanting to plant? Or zinnias, and that's, I, I, I wrote myself a note. I know I say zinnias weird. Some people say zinnias. I'm from Oklahoma, and for some reason we all say zinnias. So um, the next one, what kind of tools do you have? Do you have a tractor? A tractor is definitely not necessary. Um, you can grow a lot of flowers on a very small space. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but I plant things very close together. And so I plant about 1,200 sunflowers a week, and that's like a, about a 80 foot, a three by 80 foot row. So, but that's a lot of sunflowers. You definitely don't need to start there. Um, so you can start with just a little uh, um, walk behind, um, I can't even think of what they're called, but tiller, there we go. Um, this, I put this picture up here, and you don't even have to till, but I put this picture up here because I now have a small little John Deere tractor, but this tractor is what we started with. We, My dad farms, and so we have big tractors, and so all my rows got set up like really far apart because I had to make room for the big tractor to get through, as you can tell by the little tiller on the back of the tractor. So um, you don't even have to till, you can do no-till. That's another um, big thing. You can start by just cover cropping and doing no-till your first year, um, but just taking stock of what you have. Just You can start with a shovel and a hoe. That's really all you need. Um, and do you already have customers? I, I kind of already asked you guys this, but if you already have a market that you attend, um, or if you're wanting to do wholesale, uh, reaching out to, to your forests in your area. So just taking stock of what you already have. So this is kind of your next questions to ask. Who is your ideal customer? Do you want to attend a market every week? Um, do you have... Do you live on a road that's a busy street that you could put up a, a little stand by your driveway and just sell bouquets from your, from your farm? Um, or do you want to reach out into the wholesale market? It's a great opportunity. Florists are hungry for fresh flowers. Um, they, the wholesale just keeps getting harder and harder for them to get good flowers from the wholesale markets, especially 
in our area, I know some of you were like from everywhere, but in Oklahoma, I mean, they're shipping those flowers a long ways, and so they're not very fresh, and um, so they will take anything that we can give them. Um, so once you kind of decide your customer, that'll also decide, help you decide what to grow, and we're gonna, I'm gonna look at both sides of the, either both retail market bouquets and um, wholesale, um, it's really similar, but you might choose a little different colors. And then we'll talk about how how to grow each of these things. So, um, <clears throat> these are your different customers. Another option for wholesale is bulk grocery store bunches, which is a really great opportunity as well. Um, Whole Foods loves local, local flowers. Um, we have local grocery stores. I have a friend that she takes like 100 brocades a week to Reesers in Oklahoma, and they just distribute. So, and then retail, there's also different, like I was talking about, you can do a farmer's market, you can do a roadside stand, you can do uh, DIY buckets are really popular with brides right now, or you can set up a CSA where you uh, deliver or they come and pick up each week. And then the other one that we're not really going to talk about right now because I have a whole class on this is UPIC, and that's we'll talk about that. The last class is all about agritourism. Okay, so what to grow. Um, these are what I would encourage for your first season. Um, if you're doing wholesale, and it, like I said, it's going to be really similar. Sunflowers are the number one. Um, we'll talk about numbers a little bit later, but the it's there's just no comparison uh, sunflower zinnias marigolds which is one that I don't think a lot of people think about but that was my top seller this year surprisingly yes the giant tall marigolds they are becoming really popular and people love the smell I do not like the smell but you get used to it if you're selling them let me tell you um, Celosia Cosmos is also really popular and we're not going to talk a lot about hardy annuals because in your first season it seems like a lot of people it's easiest to start in with just summer flowers those are the easiest to start with hardy annuals is some things that you would plant in the fall and have for spring and then as you get more experienced adding the dahlias lisianthus is a huge one ranunculus tulips there's so many beautiful flowers but don't get sucked into all of the all the extra things yet. So for wholesale, um, a lot of the florists that like to have local flowers are very artistic, and they do a lot of weddings. Um, and the lo local flowers are ones that maybe don't ship as well. We can't grow long stem roses, so um, zinnias they don't ship well they cannot actually get them from the wholesaler really so that's why they're really popular but they like the more muted tones this is just kind of like a a few buckets that i had put together for one of my florists was having a wedding um they really like like peachy corally colors and pinks soft pinks no bright colors no none of the like crayola colors i have one florist and she does a lot of funerals and so she will take a lot they don't even um i have like half of my florists really love sunflowers and then the other half don't really use them except we'll talk about there's white sunflowers and that's they love those so um they do get a little more colorful during the summer and like i said i started growing marigolds and they love the marigolds 
Retail is going to be your same list, except I add basil because you kind of need a greenery. And as you get experience adding things, dahlias is um, maybe not the best retail option. Um, they don't have a long vase life, so it's really going to be about uh, educating your, your customer. Some people still love them, but really just the big sunflowers and zinnias that's what people want like farmers market they every when i when i do the market i always will put together a bouquet like this and then i always put a few that's like flowers like these colors and these are always the last ones to go if they sell at all which is surprising to me because i love them but <laughs> people especially during the summer they want bright colors okay so um, this is the colors for the pinks and bright purples and sunflowers. That's what you want to focus on. I can, um, I'll give them my slides so you guys don't have to worry about. I just was late. So. <laughs> um, okay, so here's, we're going to break down the different, the different flowers. So sunflowers. I start these in uh, March in 128 trays. Um, I do one seed per cell. And you want to start them about two to three weeks before you're ready to plant them out. So this is going to depend on your last frost date. Our last frost date is April 19. And sunflowers are actually a little bit frost tolerant. So I will put them out early, like the 1st of April. Trying to get sunflowers for Mother's Day is usually my goal. Um, and if it's really going to get really cold, I'll put a frost cloth over them, but they are somewhat frost tolerant. So all my early plantings, I start in trays. I put them out um, about two to three weeks after starting them, and um, I space them six inches apart, and that gives you a really nice-sized flower. They're about, like, uh, four or five inches across. They're much easier to put in bouquets, and that's why florists love them. They can't hardly get a good-sized sunflower from the wholesaler. They're either, like, huge and really hard to put into arrangements, or they're super, super tiny, which they do like those. But So, like, these, you can kind of see the size of those. They're similar to a size of, like, a large zinnia. And so I space about six inches, um, you can see like the different successions here in, in my picture. I actually start every week. I start new trays. Um, and like I said, I start about 1,200 a week. Um, that's about half of them are the original color, and then about half are the whites that we'll look at here in just a minute. Um, <clears throat> I grow on, I grow, I have about an acre. Um, and then I, this, this, this last fall, I got uh, the grant for an Equus tunnel, and so I have a 30 by 96 tunnel as well now. So, um, but total, it's like a little over an acre with my new tunnel and stuff. Um, okay, so you can also direct seed sunflowers. They do really well in our area direct seeded because it's so warm, but I don't start doing that until like June. And I plant sunflowers every week until the end of August. And I will have sunflowers basically until, it's usually like mid to end of October. But like I said, we, are, we have a very long growing season. Um, <clears throat> sometimes it's too long. But <laughs> <clears throat> so 
we plant every week direct seeding. I honestly don't do a lot of direct seeding because I want to make sure that I have every sunflower that I need and you run a lot more risk of birds eating your seed or not getting enough rain or not watering them enough, not getting them to sprout. When I start them in trays, I know that they're all there. I can space them appropriately. I'm not gonna have like a bunch of different sizes because sunflowers, that's why I say six inch spacing. If you space them about a foot apart, that's how you get bigger flowers. So if you like bigger flowers, then space them eight to 12 inches apart. Um, you can also space them four inches apart and they're like a really nice, cute little size. So I have found that six inch works really well. It's a really nice size. That's what my florists all like. Um, and I don't use anything for weed control. A lot of people will put them in fabric or something like, like landscape plastic fabric stuff. I, I don't do that. They grow so quickly. They choke out pretty much all weeds. Um, you can see in here, there's really nothing between, except between the rows that I need to mow down, but um, there's hardly any weeds. And this, is, this was actually my first year using this little plot in this picture, and I basically did nothing <laughs> except till it. It was just a pasture. So there was, I didn't know like weed control or anything, but the sunflowers, they grow so quickly, especially when they are already started. So um, I also don't support mine, but this is kind of in a little valley and we don't get a lot of wind there. In Oklahoma, we get a lot of wind almost everywhere, but they do really well here. Um, the only time I've ever tried to support any was like late fall when there's like hurricanes that are supposed to be coming up from the coast and we're gonna get really wild winds. And by wild, I mean like from every direction instead of just from the south, like we generally have. So um, yeah, I don't do any kind of support, but you can use the Hordanova netting on them. Um, and then we do one every, you can also do two weeks if you don't need as many sunflowers for your successions. Um, yeah. And then it's about a 30% loss on your uh, four sunflowers. Did you have a question? Yeah. Two weeks. It's about two weeks. Yep. Um, so that depends on your variety, which we're going to talk about here. And just, well, I'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, the ones I use are Pro-Cut, and they are 55 to 65 days. And for us, it's usually... 55 if that sometimes it's only like 50 days from but there are different varieties we'll talk about that here in just a minute and they just reminded i just got a little text message on my watch that i'm supposed to take all questions at the end sorry <laughs> so that we don't mess up the recording so write them down so that you don't forget and then we'll i'll um i will get moving here because we got a lot to cover um, so harvesting sunflowers just as the petals lift off of the center is is ideal um, especially for wholesale they the the petals will just stay a lot nicer um, they're less likely to get damaged you can especially the white ones um, they get bug eaten really badly so um, I was trying to look on this picture some of these are a little more open than I would probably normally cut them you really want them to be like this one right here just starting to lift off the center you can store them in the cooler for a couple weeks like that, honestly, if you get them, if you get them closed up pretty tight. Um, but I move them pretty quickly, so I don't worry about it quite as much. Um, 
my big tip for harvesting is you have a whole row of sunflowers I don't cut anything I first walk through the row and um, anyone any of them that are ready I hold on to the top like the flower part and I take my hand and I just strip all the leaves so I walk through you walk through the whole row both sides I mine are about three to four foot wide so I do both sides I'll strip all the leaves on the ones and then I walk through and cut them and I actually use a sickle knife to cut which I intended to bring one and I forgot um, but if you if you are curious about that I can show you on Amazon I, I just get them off Amazon but it's just like a quick flick of your wrist it, it's a lot easier on on your wrists and you don't have to cut each one and then um, to rubber band them if they're really big sometimes in the summer it's they grow so quickly that they get a little bit bigger I will only do five a bunch but usually it's ten per bunch in a five gallon bucket with a CVBN tablet which is a chlorine tablet sunflowers are what they call dirty flowers and they shed their stems have a lot of bacteria and so they get the water really nasty and that's going to shorten the life of your flower really quickly so a little it's a teeny tiny little chlorine tablet it's a slow release um, you can also get them online anywhere and you can also some people just put like a little drop of bleach but these are slow release so if I'm going to store them in the cooler for four or five days I don't have to worry about changing the water because that tablet will just slowly release a little bit of chlorine and keep my water clean um, but yeah sometimes I'll store them in the cooler if I know that one of my florists has an event and I'm not going to have them I'll store them in the cooler for her um, my other tip for rubber banding I intended to bring a rubber band too um, I don't go all the way around all the stems at one time so I'm going to try to explain this with my fingers I guess um, so like if my fingers are all the stems on your sunflowers and they're all in a bunch I take the rubber band I slide it up one of the stems and then I wrap it around like this all the way down to the bottom and then you just hook it back on one of your stems it's much quicker it's a lot easier on your flowers and your stems if that didn't make sense tell me at the end and we'll talk about it some more but <laughs> um, so then the varieties I my favorite variety is called horizon and it's a pro cut um, pro cut series are 55 to 65 days to bloom um, and this is why it's my favorite variety see how they're facing upwards the flowers they're so much easier to put in a bouquet um, and that's why my florists love them as well because they're so much easier to work with so that's called horizon and it's it's a little bit more on the 60 to 65 day range um, but you want a pollenless variety a single stem you can do branching it's a lot they're not as consistent um, it's hard to give a consistent product to your florist with a branching sunflower and then the white sunflowers are they're becoming ever more popular um, I think I had a picture right so those are these are the white on the left um, they have really light buttercream petals there's a light center one that's like a yellow color and then this is the white night is what they call it and they love them I will tell you they are a real pain they get floppy necks really bad um, and I've tried everything all of the things they tell you to do and it's a it's a problem um, it's not it's not just me it's in all of my 
cut flower forms. That's the big discussion. Um, and then the other one is called plum, and that one is does the same thing, so I just grow extra so that I can have enough with stiff necks, basically, and I charge extra. My favorite place to get sunflowers is called Sunflower Selections, and they actually are the ones who have developed a lot of these varieties. You get them at a wholesale cost, um, and you can, I mean, I get like 5,000 seeds at a time for like, I think it's like $40 or something like that. So um, it's a really, it's a good place to go. Of course, Johnny's, and then did I have, Geo Seed is the other big cut flower um, where you can get cut flower seeds. It's a pain. Their magazine has no pictures. It's like 100 pages long, and they're all the like biological names of the flowers. So you have to really, like, sunflowers are helianthus. So it's a little bit hard. You have to kind of figure all that out, but it's, it's significantly cheaper for all seeds except for sunflowers. <laughs> it's the same as sunflower selections. Um, so these are the plum. So for, <clears throat> for pricing, um, the little ones, if their center is less than an inch, um, which is a little smaller than those ones that I showed you, those are around a dollar to a dollar fifty wholesale. Um, the ones that I they call them small in the wholesale world is basically what I grow. Um, they're usually about a dollar fifty in my area, but I know people that charge at least two dollars a piece for them. And then the really big ones are two to three dollars, and that's a that's wholesale price, which is mind blowing to me. But and this is, this is not your farmer's market. I'm not sure that you could probably get quite that at a farmer's market, which is interesting. But um, And then for the novelty colors, like the white and the plum, I add about 50 cents because the seeds are a little more expensive. I have to grow more because they're floppy necks. And honestly, some of my florists don't care. They're used to wiring every stem they get. So they'll just wire those sunflowers. Um, so a lot of them, I still, if they're salvageable I still take them uh-huh yep <clears throat> okay so now we'll talk about I'm gonna kind of clump these together because I I treat them all basically the same they have a little bit different like grow time and, and things like that but um, zinnias marigolds basil and cosmos cosmos is the only one that's a little bit different but so I start these in trays four to six weeks before I plant them out um, you definitely don't want to let them get root bound zinnias especially that's what they say at least I pretty much let everything get root bound things get <laughs> they do fine but again look at your frost date I don't start some um, any of these until at least April I you want your soil to be warm when you put them out or they're going to be stunted you're really not going to get what you want out of them and it's just better to wait you'll get much better plants <clears throat> You can also start these in soil blocks if you're a soil blocker. I did that my first year. Now I have a greenhouse and it's just really hard to keep soil blocks watered. So, <clears throat> um, but if you're inside, soil blocks are a great option. Um, so I space, I space everything six inches apart basically, which is really close. Um, we have a lot of wind. Airflow is not a thing for me, it's not a concern. Um, if you're in a really humid location and um, you don't have a lot of wind, then you may want to go more on the like nine inch apart spacing. I never space anything 12 inches apart. I hear people that do, but you do not want to waste any of your space. 
you can grow a lot of flowers in tight spacing. And like I said, I plant even zinnias are six inches apart. And I, you, the, the key is succession planting. Um, I start about once a month, I start new successions. So as my zinnias start to taper off and get powdery mildew like they inevitably will, I don't know any area that doesn't get powdery mildew, you have a new succession starting. So don't take up your space um, spreading them out. You don't want to have bare ground. That's when weeds come in. I use landscape fabric for weed control. I'm kind of working on um, moving it out of my production, but all of my rows I've been growing in for a few years, this was my initial plan, is I use the landscape fabric, I plant into it, um, but I'm getting to where I don't have as many weeds now that I've, it's basically like tarping it for years. Um, we go through and weed about once with this, and then I, we're pretty in the clear. I burn holes in my fabric, I don't use any kind of stencil, I just guess. <laughs> but um, you can, you can once you kind of get your six inches apart, you can kind of, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you can make a stencil out of wood and you can cut each circle out for your spacing and then burn inside each hole. Um, there's a lot of people that do that too, but I just use a torch. I got a stand-up torch even, like a propane torch. And I just walk along, and you just barely touch it, and it burns a hole. Yep. And it works really great. Um, and I, I've, this is my fifth year, and I'm still using the same fabric. So it, it lasts really well. Um, we can talk about at the end, if we have time, how I move rows through. But um, the other thing is pinching all of these. I actually don't pinch my zinnias. I, my pinch is my first cut. I cut really deep on those. Um, but pinching is basically just taking off the first, the top two to three inches, and that is going to cause it to branch, so you get more stems out of your, out of one plant. Almost all flowers you pinch, except the single stem sunflowers. Um, I do pinch my, my celosia, which we're going to get to that. This is actually celosia. I'm messed up there, but um, marigolds you want to pinch you can get way more it'll branch off to like four or five stems instead of just the one in the fall I grow a lot of marigolds for um, what is it Dia de los Muertas that Hispanic holiday um, I grow a lot of marigolds for that I mean my florist they want hundreds each of them and I don't pinch those because they're a lot bigger flower, and it's just a time thing. But for the most part, I pinch everything. Um, a lot of times, though, my pinch is my first cut of my flower. So basil is one that um, I don't honestly ever pinch. I'll cut out the, the middle, uh, and then those side shoots will branch up, and you'll get a whole lot more, more stems. Um, for your successions, especially for zinnias, you want to look at what colors you're choosing. Um, I don't do any kind of reds or oranges in this for early summer. Um, I will do them for fall. So like when I do my June succession, when I'm starting those, that's when I start all those fall colors. But spring, pink. That's all they want is pink. Sometimes purple. Some people will get on board with purple. Um, harvesting. Um, 
for zinnias, it's, they call it the wiggle test. How many of you guys have grown zinnias? I think, okay, so most everyone has kind of grown them. Um, you take the stem, like about a foot down or so, put it between your fingers and just kind of wiggle it. And if the flower flops around, it's not ready to cut, technically. Um, you're supposed to let that, that net get stiff, and that's when you'll have a better vase life. <clears throat> if you cut too early, the, they wilt pretty quickly. And you, you get to where you can kind of tell when they're ready. You don't have to wiggle each one. But that's the easiest way is just to wiggle it, and if the, the flower flops around, it's not ready. Wait another day or so. Uh, marigolds, you can cut them anytime. They're great. They never wilt. Their foliage is great. It never wilts. They will actually grow roots in your vase, even with the nastiest water you can find. Um, basil is another one that gets a bad rap. I actually really love it still. You, once you figure out how to cut it, you have to let it mature fully. The stems get kind of woody um, where you're going to cut, and that's when you're ready to cut it. And then there's also f the flowers on it once they start opening up. But the, the main thing is to make sure that you wait until the stems are like a woody te type texture. And you can clearly see it actually turns kind of brown. Um, and then cut early in the morning and never put it in the cooler. That's the big one with basil. It will turn black. Um, and then Cosmos, you, I, I use their foliage a lot actually because ours don't bloom until fall. They're a little bit daily sensitive, and so I hardly get any blooms in the summer, and then all of a sudden they explode, like late summer. So I'll use their foliage a lot. Or, a lot. Um, all of these do best, again, with the CVBN tablet, especially zinnias and marigolds. Like I said, marigolds don't really care, but um, if they get that bacteria from the zinnias, it, they will wilt and die a lot quicker. I cut all of these with a sickle as well. I hardly ever use clippers. Um, it's just much easier on my hands. Once you get the hang of it, you can just grab your flower, swipe with your wrist, and just tuck it under your shoulder, and you're good to or move on to the next one. And you, you want to make sure that you strip all the leaves as well, because leaves and foliage are what um, also affects your water. Well, so, um, yeah, these are, these are the marigolds. I actually don't grow that fluorescent yellow anymore. That was nobody's favorite. It's like a highlighter yellow. Unless you're doing farmer's market, and then those are great to mix with those pinks. But uh, zinnias, my favorite all time are the Oklahoma series, not just because I'm from Oklahoma, but they ha are much more powdery, mildew resistant. Um, and... They're smaller, so they're easy to mix in with the sunflowers. They produce tons of flowers. They just keep cranking out the blooms. My florists love them because they're easier to mix in. They also last a really long time. They don't wilt like the bigger ones will sometimes. If you want a big one, and a lot of florists will use the big giant series, the Benares Giant, in place of like a Gerber Daisy. Um, those, I use the Benaris. Those have the best disease resistance. Um, and I think I have some pictures. Yeah, we'll get there. The Queen series is another really popular one. 
that first picture that I showed you, all of those were Queen series. They have a lot more, they're more muted colors, and they're not like one solid color either. And then there's a lot of new varieties being developed. Florette, how many of you have heard of Florette? Everyone? Yeah. Um, she's developing a lot of really beautiful varieties that are really great for weddings and florists especially. And then another big one is Dawn Creek. That's a lot, not as many people know about them, but they're actually the ones that are doing a lot of the work for Florette. And they have, I've gotten seed from them and it's, it's really beautiful. It's just a really peaky, pink, peachy color. Um, the marigolds, just any giant ones work great, just depending on what color you want. Um, basil, I use, my favorite is the cinnamon especially in the fall like I grow tons of the cinnamon basil in the fall and the lemon is more popular in the summer it is more prone to wilt but people still love it and then there's it's kind of a newer one there's different colors the Thai towers it doesn't bloom as quickly and so it's actually better as a foliage um, than the other ones are and you can get seed for it it's a little harder to get that seed I've gotten plugs but and then Cosmos, any color that you can get. White's the most popular, of course. It, they're just like little daisies floating around. Um, they just add a nice, like, airy texture to bouquets. And you can get all these seeds from Johnny's as well. I get a lot of seeds. They do a lot of research. Their seeds are more expensive, but they have a lot of information on their website. Um, and then, of course, GeoSeed, which is what I talked about earlier. Um, <laughs> these are the colors that the wholesale people want and that's the size they want they also like them with the open center the little sepals poking through um, and you can I was trying to see if there were any queen ones not there's one but it's hard to see so for zinnias and marigolds I do nine dollars a bunch and there's ten stems per bunch that's basically across the board for all flowers until I get into dahlias but um, so 10 stems per bunch even if they're smaller flowers I do it across the board the same price it takes the same amount of work for me the seeds cost the same it's the same amount of space so um, it's nine dollars a bunch may be going up this year the cost of flowers this year is just it's it's mind-blowing um, basil I do eight and then cosmos is eight as well and that's all these numbers I get from, I can share this somehow, but there is a USDA, um, they put it out every week with like a pricing sheet for all of the most popular flowers. These aren't on there right now because they're all summer things, but you can kind of get an idea of different flowers. Um, okay, so how are we doing? Okay. Celosia, this is one for sure do not start it too early and if it doesn't get warm in your area ever just probably unless you have a tunnel that you can really keep it warm um, they get really stunted if they don't stay they like it hot they like it dry they love Oklahoma we'll just put it that way <laughs> um, and they really like to be direct seeded they they are one that I really try really hard to get out before they get too big and not let them get root bound they're like the only ones that I really try. Um, they, this is one that you for sure want to pinch. When they're about six to eight inches tall, you'll just cut the top, the center stem out, and it's, it's heartbreaking, but you'll get a lot better flower. 
because the stem will get like huge if you don't pinch it. Um, you can harvest them pretty much at any stage. Some of them will get a little bit floppy if you harvest them too early, but most of them will perk up if you let them hydrate. Um, you don't want to wait too long because they will start dropping seeds. And that can give you a bad reputation if your market bouquet goes home on the table and they wake up and there's like mouse poop looking seeds all over their table. That's not ideal because these are teeny tiny little seeds and they, they do drop quite a few. Um, so the varieties that I like to use for the brainy type ones, that's what we call them. Even my florists call them the brain. Um, the Chief Series, which you can get from Johnny's or Geo or anywhere. Um, my favorite color is persimmon. I got off my notes here. Let me catch up so I can, I didn't write everything in here. My favorite color is the persimmon. It's like an orangey color and it's really good for market bouquets in fall. And this is really a good fall flower because they can grow during the summer and they just, they get huge and then they're just cranking out the blooms late summer. Um, this color right here is actually called Jura Salmon. It's super hard to find the seeds, but that's because it doesn't produce a lot of seeds. And so they quit producing them. You have to get them from another flower farmer. But that's why I like it because it doesn't hardly drop any seeds because it just doesn't make them. And it's a really pretty color. That's, that's everyone's favorite. Um, for plume, uh, you can get, I think I had it on this, no, I guess I didn't. There's a series from Texas, the Arnoskis are huge flower farmers down there, and they have pro produced a line of plume type celosia. And they're lighter colors, they're more consistent, and you can get those seeds from a lot of different places. But those are t the Texas um, Pompous. You can get that from Johnny's. It's just a really wide array of colors, and they don't really have it narrowed down to one color, so that can be hard if you're doing wholesale. Um, and then the Sunday series is... I haven't quite nailed the Sunday series down. Some people love it, and some people it's just... It's always really short for me. They say you need to grow it in a tunnel. I haven't figured that one out yet. But it's a plume type. And then the wheat, that's the other favorite. The wheat and the brains are um, our favorite. So the wheat kind is the in the middle. It's kind of a terracotta color. And it really just blends with everything. And they, they love it. Um, there's flamingo or what's the other one? They call it like a terracotta color I guess um, I added Gardner's workshop on here for res seed resources because they're the ones that have the Texas plume series now um, and florette as well I'm just gonna put a quick plug in here I do not actually recommend getting seeds from florette they do unless they're the ones that she's breeding they're incredibly expensive and you don't get very many seeds in the pack so it's, she does good work, but if you're really wanting to start a flower farm and turn a profit, getting your seeds from, even Johnny's can be a little bit expensive, but um, some of the seeds that I get from Johnny's, I look at like, I don't need a thousand of this seed that I have to get from Geo seed. You have to get in bulk there. So I'll get it from Johnny's so I'm not like wasting, 
wasting that money. But Florette does have great new Xenia varieties and things like that. I'll get those from her, but I encourage people to really try to get more of a wholesale price if you're really wanting to turn a profit with your, with your farm. Um, the pricing for these, the brainy comb ones are $1.20 and the plume is a dollar. And that's pretty much straight across the board everywhere I've looked. <clears throat> okay, we'll talk really quickly about hardy annuals and then I think we're kind of winding down for this. So these are cool flowers is what we call them in our cut flower world. <laughs> um, the gardener's workshop is the one who has really pushed hardy annuals. She has a whole book and it's called Cool Flowers. I highly recommend it um, since we don't have a lot of time to talk about them here and these are actually my favorite thing to grow. Um, you start them, most of them will overwinter. You start them in the fall, they stay as little plants and then they will be just crank out the blooms in, in spring. They just sit there and grow roots all winter and then they're ready to bloom in the spring. Um, you don't have to have a tunnel for this, depending on your zone um, and how cold you get. We are, I am zone seven, which take that for what it's worth, but um, we don't generally get super cold for long periods of time. We don't get a lot of snow. Um, we get a lot of wind, but that's about it. Um, so I can plant a lot of these out without even covering them at all. I have a tunnel now and they, I actually have things that are getting ready to start blooming because it's like staying so warm in there compared to outside. Um, but these, you start them in the fall and they will bloom the next spring when your, when your florist and your cus any customer wants flowers. Everybody wants flowers in the spring. That's, they're hungry for color and anything. So that's why I love them so much those shoulder seasons which if you're coming to the later classes um, we'll talk about peonies and chrysanthemums and things like that but these are great as well for those shoulder seasons um, yeah i wish we had more time to talk about them because they're my favorite that's why i got a tunnel so that i wouldn't like ranunculus and stuff like that you can overwinter them fairly easy in our area um, but i have like 200 feet of sweet william that's just outside haven't done a thing to it all winter except plant it and it's thriving so um, this is something we also we farm wheat and it's really similar to like winter wheat it just stays green all winter and then all of a sudden it explodes in the spring okay so just to kind of close conclude a few different things but if you're choosing to sell wholesale your my goal in selling wholesale is to be different than what they can get from the coolers at their wholesale market um, like i said we're in oklahoma so that is maybe not always the best anyway but i i try to grow like the white sunflowers that they can't get and um, i do dahlias now because they those don't ship well um, zinnias they can't get those from the wholesaler and they love them. So choosing things to set yourself apart, different colors, because in the coolers at the wholesale place, it's bright colors. They have a hard time getting, um, a lot of them will actually ship them in themselves, which is even more expensive. So um, 
they love local flowers. They're going to last. They can keep them in their coolers and use them throughout the week instead of having to use them like that day. Um, and, and another thing, when I take flowers to my wholesale people, I don't crowd the buckets. They're not in a box. They're actually in water. So when they get, if you've ever worked with wholesale flowers, they're in a box. They're not in water. Um, they're dry packed. They're wrapped in paper usually, very t especially roses are like crammed in there. So they, they have a lot of loss that they can't even use. So I make sure that they can use every stem that I bring them and it's cl in a clean bucket of water. Um, I actually a lot of times will take their buckets, take my buckets from them dirty because <laughs> a lot of them also don't realize that they need to have clean water to keep their flowers fresh. So just doing little things like that to set yourself apart, make them interested in buying flowers from you. And it's not hard to get them on board. The only, the only thing that I have, we've, you kind of have to educate them is basil doesn't go in the cooler and neither do zinnias. They don't like it. So they have to kind of adjust a little bit there. Um, retail for wrapped bouquets. Um, I didn't get a picture of this. You can kind of see, this is how I wrap my bouquets for my CSA and then when I do farmer's market. And we have a little drugstore in Bristow that I sell. I just take bouquets and people can stop in and get them. I, I wrap them in like a, a foam. They actually have, I'm getting the, the biodegradable ones this year, but um, I wrap the bouquet, I make it all pretty and I wrap it with a rubber band and then the end is wrapped in like a little foam piece that holds water and you put a plastic bag over it and um, that's the other thing I found they don't want to mess with water uh, like when I take them to our little drugstore and I don't want to have a bunch of water in my car with this kind of thing and the paper gets wet and it's a mess so this just keeps them it will last for one to two days like that so um, I just have a square sheet of paper and I um, lay the bouquet, fold the end up, and then I just wrap the, the sides over and tie it with a, with a string. And then I have my cute little sticker on there. We actually have, um, I helped our Oklahoma lady, we developed these Oklahoma grown stickers you can kind of see on there. But <clears throat> another thing you can use is mason jars are really popular. They were really hard to find for a while. Um, thrifted vases or people love to give you vases once they realize you're doing flowers um, selling these DIY buckets which there's a lot of brides that they are happy they want to do their own flowers so if you can get your your stuff lined up and they understand that they get what's in season they're not going to get ranunculus in the middle of summer this media was brought to you by audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.